Tuesday. Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Also, follow along on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. And don't forget the YouTube page as well, YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hit that subscribe button because there might have been some long-form interviews that you might have missed from Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. If you subscribe, that way you never miss anything on our YouTube page, YouTube.com. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Glad that you're with us as I record this on Tuesday afternoon, February 4th. Coming off of Monday Night Raw from Salt Lake City. A pretty good show. I want to review with you the three positives and the three issues that I have with the WWE as of late here in 2020. And also we'll get into the stock issues that's going on with the WWE. If you are a stockholder for World Wrestling Entertainment, there's some issues there, and we'll address that as we move forward here through our podcast. The number one thing that I look at with the WWE as far as a positive is the roster. You think about it. You can choose whatever you'd like when it comes to the WWE. If you are a Raw fan, if you're a fan of SmackDown, 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK, you have a choice. For once, the WWE is not saying you can only watch Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. You got to choose one or the other or watch both. Because I do know some fans that are not fans of the three-hour Raw on Monday or the Friday Night SmackDown show on Fox. They do watch NXT on Wednesday nights or NXT UK on the WWE Network or 205 Live. And they get around to Raw and SmackDown because a lot of these shows all kind of blend together, right? If you don't want to sit through three hours of Raw, you could find it on YouTube for a half hour or 45 minutes or on Hulu or other spots. But the positive is that the WWE gives you the choice of what you want to watch. And so it's not all the same because if you take a look at 205 Live, you know it's a whole lot different than SmackDown. If you watch 205 Live, you know it's not Raw. If you watch NXT, you know it's not Raw and SmackDown. So at least you have your choice. Other thing is that you have the WWE Network. You have old school and new school. Because when the WWE Network was first launched, you watched a lot of old school clips. And it reminds you of your childhood, right? If you grew up in the 80s or the 90s or early 2000s, and you watched the WWE during that time, and you want to relive the Attitude Era of the WWE, that that battle between WWE and WCW and how both companies were really going at it, hot and heavy, battling for television ratings. It was quite the time in the late 90s and early 2000s to see both companies go back and forth. So with the WWE Network, not only do you get the wrestling, but you also get these documentaries. And I think that when it comes to professional wrestling, nobody does documentaries like the WWE. It's right on par with ESPN or the NFL Network or the NBA Network as far as telling stories. It's one thing to watch the action. But when you're a wrestling fan, you want to be able to know the backstory or you want to know how a match occurred. Uh, The latest one I saw was NXT. NXT UK, as a matter of fact, when they had their show in Blackpool, where they had a real interesting background of what's going on with one of the Coffee Brothers, right? It was a really, really 
top match to watch Walter against one of the Coffee Brothers in the main event at NXT Blackpool. And it was so much fun to watch to understand where the women were coming from uh, on the NXT UK brand. I just thought that that was really a solid documentary. And the WWE does a really good job of telling those stories. And you get that on the WWE Network. You're not going to get that on the USA Network. You're not going to get that anywhere else. But you get that on the WWE Network. Other thing is, is that it's about mainstream. You know, ever since the rock and wrestling era of MTV in the early 80s, the WWE has tried to stay in the mainstream. That's the best thing that Vince McMahon's ever done as a promoter or owner of this company. His father loved professional wrestling. Vince's father, who was a great promoter in the Northeast, did a nice job of promoting superstar Billy Graham and Bob Backlund and all of the great wrestlers in that particular era. Vince's father was solely trying to push ethnic stars. Here's my Italian star. Here's my Polish star, Ivan Putski. Here's my African-American star. Here's my Latin American star. All of these different stars were in the WWWF at the time. Because that's what his father wanted to promote. Like, hey, we've got a melting pot of different styles and personalities. Everybody come to Madison Square Garden. Everybody come to Philadelphia. Everybody come to Baltimore. Everybody comes to all the cards in the Northeast, all over New York. Because there's something for everybody, for every ethnic race. That was kind of the MO in some ways for uh, Vince McMahon Sr. Jr. comes around, Vince McMahon Jr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon is someone that wanted to make sure that wrestling was in the mainstream and make sure it's cool. And that's why you had that Cindy Lauper and that rock and wrestling connection. And this is one of the things that really fueled the first WrestleMania. And the second WrestleMania, when it was in three spots in New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. And of course, WrestleMania three at the old Pontiac Silverdome in Detroit. And so mainstream meant something. That whether it was negative or positive, people were talking about the WWE. And so now, fast forward to 2020, and the biggest stars for the WWE, as far as the mainstream, is Brock Lesnar, because of what he did in MMA. And it's Becky Lynch, because she is the man. And I know notice now she's not only just the man, it's the goat. I think that's kind of odd to place a kind of a, a goat persona on someone who's not even the greatest of all time in her division as a woman. But this is what she is now. Not only the man, but she's also the goat. And so Becky Lynch, who has been in the main event at WrestleMania, who has been able to push the ball uphill, trying to get the women's re revolution going. The women's revolution does not happen until Vince greenlights it. And so we are able to see women in main event spots and a number of pay-per-views now as of late in the WWE. So Brock Lesnar and Becky Lynch are two big stars. There's others that will be in the mainstream that you'll see between now and WrestleMania on couches, doing talk shows, digitally, on networks. You'll see that. But Vince wants to make sure that you know who Brock Lesnar is, that he comes from MMA and he's a badass. And Becky Lynch is the man. So those are the positives that's going on right now for the WWE. I want to say this too before I go into the other side of this, is that if you're a WWE fan, 
and you root for everything WWE because of its past, because of its present, or the future of the company, you have a right to do that. And here's why. If you're a fan of, say, AEW, or a fan of the NWA, fan of MLW, fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, all the organizations across the country and around the world, if you are a fan of a certain brand, that is your team. Professional wrestling is no different than sports. If you're a fan of the Los Angeles Lakers, you're a diehard Laker fan, it means that even if the team is down, because there were times where the, the Lakers were not very good, you watch that Lakers team and you say, boy, we're not good, but we're going to be good one day. And all of a sudden LeBron James says, I'm going to come to L.A. And you're still that fan, even through thick and thin. When it was down, you were for it. When they were good, you're for it because you're a fan. You can be a Chicago Cubs fan where you're a Cubs fan and there was a lot of lean years. All of a sudden, a new owner comes in. There's new expectations. There's money being spent. And then, 2016, the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. And even during those lean times, when you knew that ball club was going to lose 85 or more ball games, you stuck with them because you said you were a Cub fan. And even through the lean times, you watched and you were interested. And you had an emotional and financial investment and you watched the team. I don't think it's any different than the WWE. A perfect example, I'll use me for the example. Growing up as a AWA fan, Growing up watching Vern Gagne's TV in Chicago, on the south side of Chicago, watching the AWA and going to those events when I was a kid. Going to the International Amphitheater in Chicago, watching Nick Bockwinkle against a very young Hulk Hogan, watching Vern Gagne wrestle, watching the Bruiser and the Crusher, watching Jerry Blackwell, watching Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel as a great tag team, and all those other great wrestlers that came through Minneapolis. And they'd have cards at the old Comiskey Park and wrestling at the International Amphitheater. I knew when the AWA was dying because all of my favorite wrestlers I saw from the AWA, like Kurt Hennig and many others, and Jesse the Body Ventura and Hulk Hogan and Bobby Heenan, and the list goes on and on of great wrestlers that left the AWA in the mid-80s and went to Vince. The reason why they did that is because they're looking for more money, more prestige, and more of an opportunity on a major national stage. As those wrestlers were leaving, and it got down to Greg Gagne as an international television champion, and it got down to like Sergeant Slaughter and Larry Zabisco as champion, I was still sticking with the AWA, even though that roster was getting thinner and thinner and thinner, and the fans started leaving. There were no more fans at the Showboat Sports Pavilion watching in Las Vegas. There are hardly any fans in Rochester, Minnesota watching the AWA, knowing that it was dying a slow death. But even though that it was dying, I was still watching because that was my team. It was my team. Going back to 1977, that was my team because I was a kid going to the arena to see the AWA and knowing it was dying, I was still watching. The same thing with the WWE. There are many diehard WWE fans that don't care about anything else beside the WWE. And you know what? That's good because the WWE can use your support. It's not the same company as it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. It's not. 
it's a big roster like it was in 1988 when Vince had his big takeover of all the territories and a lot of the major territory wrestlers came to the WWE, whether it was a small territory, or big territory, they all came to New York. They all came to Vince. The reason why is because they want to be on that major platform and money was there to be made. But even if you are a huge WWE fan, you have a lot of wrestlers to root for. Even though you may not like the storylines, you love to see them succeed more often. I see it online every day at Wrestling TWT on Twitter. There's so many fans that say, I want my favorite superstar to get over. How come my favorite superstar is in this situation and not in this situation? It's great conjecture. It's great conversation. But it becomes as obvious as the nose on your face sometimes that, hey, this person, this woman, this man, these particular wrestlers need to be in a bigger spotlight. And that comes down to my issues. The three negatives that I have written down for the WWE is that I'm not sure if we'll ever get another breakout star. There is not one breakout star for the WWE under any platform. NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, SmackDown, Raw, whatever you said, there's not one breakout star. And you know a star when you see it. When Hogan left uh, Vern in the AWA and came over, you knew that a star was born when he beat the Iron Sheik for the WWF Championship. When you saw Stone Cold Steve Austin really come into his own, after that ringmaster gimmick, as the audience started to change, a little bit more cynical, a little bit more smarter, and realized that this guy is a bad guy, but I appreciate him because he's telling it like it is. He's different than all the other cartoon characters that you saw in the mid-90s with the WWE. Some look fondly at that era of all the cartoon characters uh, that the WWE had at the time. But they saw Stone Cold Steve Austin say he's breaking through all of these gimmicks. Stone Cold Steve Austin seems real. Stone Cold Steve Austin became a, a huge box office draw for a limited amount of time. People forget he wasn't for a 12 to 15 year run. For a limited amount of time, he was the face of the Attitude Era on the WWE side. He was the drawing card. And so... Who is the Stone Cold Steve Austin now of 2020? Who is the Rock of now? Rock. Think about who Rock was when Rock first came to the company. Dwayne Johnson came in as a white meat baby face that was booed because he's Rocky Maivia and he was pushed down your throat. Sound familiar? Right? About wrestlers now in 2020? He was pushed down your throat. And he was at the garden. He got booed. They didn't care that he was the son of Rocky Johnson or Peter Maivia was his grandfather. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. What happened was is that people watched The Rock and they didn't like him and then he turned heel. He got more respect for turning heel because he became a cool character. Then he became a babyface and then he was welcomed by everybody. You think about Triple H who Triple H was, coming in out of WCW as this blue blood character. He brought that blue blood character over to the WWF at the time. And he was just this Greenwich, Connecticut snob. And he was able to really break out into being a superstar in that company. 
and he was embraced by WWE fans. John Cena comes from OVW and then goes to the WWE as this rapper. And people forget that Cena actually was a heel when he first started. It was a really good match or two against The Undertaker and was able to be embraced by some in the WWE until he just continued to be rammed down your throat like he wasn't going to be a heel. He wasn't going to turn and so people looked at the way the company was going and started booing John Cena. There should be a documentary about that, about how the fans for a decade plus were just booing Cena because he was the face of what people didn't like. It wasn't like a problem with Cena as much as it was a problem with the company. He was the face and he ate dog crap because of what was going on in the WWE. And so instead of booing Vince, because Vince was not out there all the time, they booed John Cena. Here's my point. There's not one breakout star that's going to be the next Triple H, Stone Cold, Rock, Cena. There's no more of that. You can just tell. I think today's superstars have been suppressed by Vince McMahon and the WWE. That's exactly what's happened. Everybody's on the same plane. Yes, there are. there's a lot more advertising and more promotion for Becky Lynch, but Becky Lynch will never reach the acclaim of CM Punk, of Cena, of Rock, of Stone Cold Steve Austin, of Triple H, uh, Bob Backlund. She'll never reach that because she can't really be herself. She's being someone that the office wants her to be. I love her interviews, especially away from the WWE. I think they're very heartfelt, but she can't be herself. The reason why Stone Cold was Stone Cold is because a lot of what we saw from Stone Cold was him. Same thing with what Rock said. Same thing with Cena at times was doing. He was doing things that he thought was best. And Becky Lynch will never reach that acclaim. She's kind of, um, kind of lukewarm now. She's not red hot. Brock Lesnar... In the Royal Rumble, being eliminated by Drew McIntyre. He's going to steamroll right through Drew McIntyre, probably, at WrestleMania in Tampa. But he'll never be red hot. He'll just be this champion that is kept special like he's Andre the Giant. It's interesting. I don't think that no one will ever be a breakout star, and that's a problem. The company being way bigger than the superstars within the company. That's never been the WWE until after Cena stepped away. Another problem is, is the storylines. They're just become stagnant. There's some things here that might resonate with some wrestling fans, but I'll let you in on a little something. Last time I hosted Busted Open, and I have actually another date when I'm going to host Busted Open, I'll tell you that too. When I hosted Busted Open on Sirius XM, um, Fight Nation, I... Recall our rundown that we had, our meeting, as I was working with Mark Henry, and we were going through what was going on in SmackDown. This is before the strap match uh, took place between Daniel Bryan and The Fiend. And we're going through our rundown of SmackDown that took place in Greensboro, so that gives you the date exactly when that was. It was a few weeks ago. And we're talking about Daniel Bryan, and we're talking about the Usos, and we're talking about this, 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 and the WWE. And then on my format... Gabby said, well, let's talk about what is going on with Otis and Mandy Rose. And I'm like, Otis and Mandy? Like, that's a segment. We're going to talk about that. Now, listen, for some of you, that is a, something 
that's very interesting. I'm a wrestling fan. I'm not really into the fake love affairs and, and things that are away from wrestling, but that actually was something that several fans on the line want to talk about. Yeah, so what do you think about Otis and Mandy? Like what what's gonna happen here with uh with Otis? Is she gonna is he gonna get with Mandy and are they gonna go on a date? Like that's actually a thing. Um that's something that does not matter to me <laughs> because I'm looking at um, what is supposed to be a facsimile of combat sports. And that is, what is the promo? What is the storyline? How will it all manifest in the ring? And if that's just single-minded, hey, sorry, I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah, Everything can't be in the ring, I understand that, but I have really no interest in Otis and Mandy. <laughs> I don't care about that as a wrestling fan. I really don't. Um, but I, I found that interesting that that was part of our format. Uh, let me tell you this, because I'll forget. The next time I'll be hosting Busted Open will be on President's Day on March. I'm sorry. President's Day, February 17th. February 17th from 8 to 11 a.m. Central Time with Bully Ray. So I'll be in for my friend Dave LaGreca. And that'll be on February 17th. Busted Open at 8 to 11 a.m. on President's Day. So there you go. Or you can catch it on the man on the SiriusXM app. I just want to pass that along to you because I don't think I've said that on the air. And since we were talking about Busted Open, I just want you to know. So mark that down. Put that in your phone on the 17th of February. Busted Open, 8 to 11 a.m. I got that on my calendar. I'm reading it. And so I'm telling you about it. But going back to my issues with the WWE, the storylines, they're stagnant. And they also can be very circular where you're looking to be able to figure out how the storyline closes, how another one opens. It just seems like it's all over the place. The philosophies are all over the place. It's not great. It's not great for everybody. Uh, and the promos. Well, that goes without saying. The best promos that we are seeing in professional wrestling are housed in Atlanta, Georgia with the National Wrestling Alliance. Those are the best promos going right now. And a very close second is AEW. All Elite Wrestling has the best promos. In the WWE, there are some terrific guys that can tell a story, that can do promos, but you got to look for them on YouTube. you got to look for them on the, um, on the WWE Twitter. That's where you find the best promos. You know why those are? There's a distinct difference in the TV promos and the promos that are special to the WWE.com or whatever. You ever see Daniel Bryan or ever see... Uh, the New Day or some of these other wrestlers, how they look into the camera where there is it's not being produced. It's just like one camera and it's just Charlie Caruso or someone else holding a microphone and it's after a match and they're sweaty and they're tired and they don't care about the standards of the WWE looking right into to the eyes of the you know, into the reporter or looking at their shoes or looking up in the ceiling or looking to their left or the right. A lot of times, a lot of these wrestlers are just looking in the camera saying, hey, this is how I feel about what happened in this match. That's that's the best promo. And unfortunately, the the entire company is even permeated into the NXT now and NXT UK where they got to look down at their shoes. They got to look right at the reporter. They got to look left and right. And it's just kind of like, how can I believe in you if you're not looking at me? This is a problem in the NWA too. Not not 100%, but there's some wrestlers that still have this WWE style or that grew up watching the WWE and think, okay, well, if I look in the camera, then that means you actually have to believe me. 
promos slash interviews are done best when you are telling the crowd and telling the people at home, this is how I feel about this match. This is how I feel about this particular individual. This is how I feel about this company. And to be able to look your uh, fan in the eye and tell them how you feel, now you have a connection. Instead of trying to do this this fake sports thing where if you talk to a basketball player, baseball, football, whatever, they're looking you know, at their f- feet or looking in the eyes of the reporter or everywhere else except the camera, that's not what the WWE is. And so the actual promo interview is lost when they're not even looking at you watching at home. It's not believable. It's scripted. Not even bullet pointed. It's scripted. And so when everything sounds the same, that means it gets stagnant. You might get used to it as a WWE fan, like, oh, okay, there's a promo. Oh, okay, there's some thoughts there. It's not the same. Go to YouTube and look at any promo from the 70s, 80s, even some of the 90s, and look at how The Rock looked at you. Look how Stone Cold looked at you. You believed because that's who they were. And they wanted to look you in the eye and tell you who they were in your face. Now it's looking at your shoestrings to try to get yourself over. It's weird. And, of course, the storylines go without saying. I mean, it's it's all over the place. Anybody, By the way, anyone seen Rusev lately? I mean, after all that with Lashley, anybody seen Rusev? What, what's his deal now? Did he have, does Korea have anything for him after he lost his wife in storyline and losing matches against Lashley? So, so where has he been? Just storylines. You have a lot of wrestlers. And not enough good storylines. Uh, we're going to hear from Arn Anderson in just a moment about giving the fans what they want. Uh, and that goes to my third point. Fans don't matter. Fans don't matter. You and I don't matter. We will go to a house show in our local market. Or go to a Raw or SmackDown. Go to an NXT show. And we'll have a good time because we're with friends or with family. And we'll root on the people that we're going to root on. And be loud. Or be silent, depending on who's in the ring. But we're going to have a good time because we're in the arena with other fellow wrestling fans. But unfortunately, there's been too many stories from former WWE um, employees. These employees have said that they've gone into Vince and Vince says, don't, don't care what the fans think. Don't worry about the WWE universe. Don't, don't worry about what the fans think. I'll take care of it. I mean, how many times has John Moxley said that? How many times have other wrestlers have said that? They've said the same thing, like, it doesn't matter. It does not matter what the fans think. I got it. I've, here's my idea, and no matter what the fans say, it's going to be what I want. Well, really, that is the ultimate feeling for most general managers or owners of sports teams, right? They don't care what we think. We could say, hey, get this ball player. Get this left-handed slugger to solidify this lineup. Hey, get this jump shooter. Get this big man that can really help this team move forward. They're not going to do it. We could tweet about it. We can get in forums about it. We can get on sports talk radio about it. They're not going to do it. More times than that, they won't. They don't care what you and I think. The same thing with the WWE. It's Vince McMahon's show. Nobody else's show, just Vince's. Whatever Vince thinks. And that's really unfortunate because these fans, like me and you, pay good money to be able to see a good show. 
And I think that fan engagement does matter to an extent. It may not matter 100%, but it should matter. If fans are cheering one person and you say, I will never put that guy over because the fans think that that person's great, then that sucks. And that's bad business. And then you wonder why the subscriptions are down on the WWE Network. You wonder why the ratings are flat. We just uh, went over that in our last episode of um, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Eric Bischoff talking about how the ratings were flat for Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, it should be a lot more. For live programming, the numbers should be higher. It doesn't matter how many other devices you can watch the show on. If it's something interesting, you should be able to watch it. But fan engagement and the fans letting you know who they love and who they don't love doesn't matter. Arn Anderson on the Arn Show, he has his own podcast now with Conrad Thompson. They were reviewing Royal Rumble 2015, and it's just another example of how the fans were booing Roman Reigns. They didn't want Roman Reigns. They could have turned him like Triple H or like The Rock turned or some of these other wrestlers. Even Stone Cold turned once, turned heel. But they continue to keep Roman Reigns as a heel. So they're going back and forth about Royal Rumble 2015 and that fans are cheering Daniel Bryan. They want Daniel Bryan, and they're just like, and Vince is like, no, we're not going to do it. So they were talking about that. That's the context of their conversation. But Arn says something that really makes sense when it comes to the feeling in Titan Tower. It's just one of those things when it is so crystal clear as to what the lifeblood of our industry is and that's the fans they are the lifeblood of what we do and when they tell you this is what i want damn it give it to them it's not brain surgery give them what they want and be and we're you know there was a room full of people smart enough that if we gave them what they want now we can add the layers to it because we've given them what they want it's easy from there it's uh, pretty fascinating, you know, what would happen in the fallout here. The uh, the cancellation page for the WWE Network has so much traffic it actually crashes. And some subscribers are calling WWE to cancel, and they're told to try tomorrow because too, too many people are trying to manually cancel their subscription online right now that the servers have crashed. And four days later... The WWE would announce a new promotion for the network where subscribers could watch for free for the month of February because they had lost so many subscribers. Um, but before they uh, they revealed that, they post their most recent subscriber count saying that they had finally surpassed 1 million subscribers. This was before all the cancellations. And based on that news, the stock would increase from $10.48 a share to $12.50 a share. And 10 times the usual volume trades hands that day based on the increase. So people are trying to buy in. And the company stock, based on this report of it going past a million for the first time, the value of the company goes from $790 million to $943 million. So an incredible bump here, even though the fans think they got it right. To the point that later this month, on a conference call, Vince McMahon would be asked about the hashtag cancel WWE Network trend on Twitter. And he said the controversy was in fact good for WWE. 
and Vince labels it as a vocal minority, upset that the babyface did not win and that Santa Claus didn't come on that pay-per-view. But he expected those who complained are going to still watch WWE anyway. And uh, they're not doing pissing people off, I guess, because the next month, February, they hold a poll on their own WWE.com and ask fans, who do you think is more deserving of headlining WrestleMania 31? Daniel Bryan or Roman Reigns? And 86% of the people vote for Daniel Bryan. It feels like it's just a lay-down, easy decision here, Arn, and WWE just got it wrong. Well, with that information, when you go as so far as to, okay, let me just cut through the bullshit and let's just see it, make it a popularity contest. Which should, which should, uh, is more deserving, Roman or Daniel Bryan? And you get it reaffirmed with those kind of numbers? And then you just go the other way anyway? That sounds like just doing it cost you can, doesn't it? It does. It does, and it makes me wonder, you know, does Vince McMahon do it to spite the audience? Well, what do you think? Is he disconnected uh, enough where he just thinks, God damn it, they don't know what they want. I, I know what they want. Or does he know what they want and think, well, fuck them, they're going to watch anyway, and this is what I want to do. 86% says Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Well, piss on that. Go with Roman. <laughs> it's it's that feeling of all-powerful. said this before. When you have all the money that your great-great-great-grandchildren will need to be multi-multi-multi-millionaires, when that is all secured... The next thing is power. And that's what was put into place. Making money and making money for your uh, stockholders, you know, uh, is that second to just doing what you want? Because when all those things fall in line together, seems like, you know, it, you should have just did the right thing where your audience is concerned. That's just me as a fan going, God, what the hell? If there was an announcement, you know, if I'm watching Andy Griffith, which I go back to this because I love Andy Griffith and I know I'm a thousand years old, but if Randy was in a car wreck and you took him off the show and there was a disclaimer at the bottom of that first show, Andy will not be appearing for the next 11 weeks on Andy Griffith. You're going to tune in to see the drunk and Barney? Don't think so. No. Okay. So when they're telling you what they want, give them what they want. Yep. Well said by Arn Anderson, a guy that's been in wrestling for what, 40 years, 30 plus years. Give us what we want, especially if we're saying it not just on social media, but in the arena. Thoughts there for Ramar Anderson and Conrad Thompson on the Arn Podcast, wherever you download your podcasts. Speaking of stocks, because Conrad brought that up, stock issues and front office issues when it comes to the WWE. As we addressed in our last broadcast, 
there has been a change uh, in the front office. The co-presidents have been let go in WWE by Vince McMahon. And so the stock prices start to plummet in a big way. Because Wall Street says, well, if George Berrios is not there, then who's going to be able to control the company? Meaning that if something happened to Vince McMahon, who's the second person in charge? Who takes over the company and his publicly traded company if something happens to Vince? Not asking for Vince to die, just saying that you've got to be able to have a plan. And maybe Vince has a plan, but the point is, is that there's no one in place right now that could take the, you know, if Vince, something happens to Vince, who's next in line? It's not Triple H and it's not Stephanie because they don't have the Wall Street chops to be able to step in and take that job. So who is it? Some thoughts from Dave Meltzer about that on Wrestling Observer. Well, kind of waiting to find out what the actual story is. Um, I mean, there's some basics out, you know, which is that they had, obviously there was a disagreement um, between Barrios and Wilson and Vince McMahon, but it still was like, uh, you know, it's got to be something really serious for him to fire both people with no notice, with no succession plan, um, and kind of killing the success, the succession plan. Because if something happened to Vince, you know, everybody expected that, you know, Michelle Wilson and George Barrios would be the people to run the company. And now nobody knows who's going to run the company. And that uncertainty is um, one of the reasons that the stock price dropped a lot. Um the stock is undervalued. You gotta, you gotta add too, by the way, that not only is there uncertainty about who would run the company, but I mean, as of like next week, I mean, Vince is going to be devoting his time to the XFL. Yeah, well, he's going to be devoting his time to both. Um, he said he's going to be like let, let the football people run the XFL, but it's Vince. You know what I mean? It's like that's that's hard to believe. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but. Um, yeah, I, I, um, there's so many questions coming out of this because it's like, what, um, what is the future? You know, I mean, what is, what is going to happen? There's all, just all kinds of questions and, and really what is the, what is the deal? I mean, like, yeah, we know that the earnings are going to come in, um, OB, OB, um, will come in at about 180 million, which was, Originally projected at 200, then projected at 180 to 190. So it's lower. I think it's not a surprise because pretty much all of the regular metrics aside from um, television revenue are down. Now, the one thing when you go back a year, which is a real key to this, is that a year ago when they projected the 200 million, at that point, they only knew they were doing one Saudi show, not two. And also, they also... Um, were not, you know, they did not have the deal for the NXT television. So if anything, the number should be significantly higher. But there were shortfalls in, you know, licensing, merchandise, house show business, um, you know, uh, um, pay-per-view, as limited as it is, and also um, network. So which, are, you know, pretty much every key, um, you know, every key metric was down. And also there was increased spending because of AEW and they, they've signing people to far more lucrative contracts. Uh, one of the things I think that 
where the the original idea that that the company was going to be you know when the, when the when the stock was hovering towards 90 and 100 i thought that was too high because they were assuming that that there would be no increase in talent you know that that they would be able to that all that money would essentially all that new money would essentially go to profit and i thought it's kind of like it's kind of unfair to expect that you know you increase money 310 million a year so to speak and expect like the talent to get none of it um and then when the when aew came then it was kind of like okay you know it's between the stockpiling of new talent and the increase in pay to keep talent um you know that's going to cut into some of this as well so um you know, but but still, now the stock is way undervalued. Um, they still have those TV deals in place. You know, it's if they, you know, I think there's some uncertainty. I think the India deal's still not in, um, and you know, so that's that's another thing. But but still, the U.S. deals all by themselves are just, um, you know, they're just like a, a huge huge increase, and the, you know, the company's still safe for five years, no matter what. I mean, even if something happens to Vince. And there's chaos. You still have those that all that revenue coming in. Um, at that point, then things would be really, um, you know, that would make things really strange because again, you know, who's gonna? We don't know who's gonna be running the company. We have no idea. It's not gonna be Paul Levesque. It's not gonna be Stephanie. Um, I mean, they may run. You know, Paul Levesque may run the wrestling end and will run the wrestling end, but he's not gonna be COO, CEO or anything like that or president of the company because he doesn't you know wall street won't accept him in that role because he doesn't have that background um so it's going to be um you know they'll accept vince and they certainly would have accepted george barrios michelle wilson so um you know but everybody that works for vince has a shelf life i mean that's the reality i mean um you know donna goldsmith was there forever linda mcmahon was there Stu snyder i mean we went through, we, we've been through so many different presidents you know i mean it's like the closer you work for vince and the closer you are to vince um unless you're a family member and he, you know and even with shane and linda they were family members um you know that the odds of you lasting are slimmer than if you work far removed from vince i guess some thoughts there from uh, dave Meltzer from wrestling observer you can go to the archives of wrestling observer or find that on youtube youtube.com and look for wrestling observer uh some great audio there uh when it comes to the wrestling observer interesting thoughts there from dave Meltzer. what happens right well who's going to be the next um chief operating officer the person that's going to be right next to vince now that two not one two co-presidents are away from the wwe that's a little bit in the weeds, but it still does matter who's going to be working with Vince. And I think that the money shot of that last comment was the closer you get to Vince, the more he wants you to go away. Ask Bruce Pritchard about that. Ask so many others that's been around Vince and they have to either be fired or they step away because it's too much one way or the other. Thank you so much, as always, for checking out Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Follow along on Twitter and Instagram. I could use a lot more followers on Twitter. Come on now. Tell people about Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. TWT Tribe, if you're listening to this show, tell people about it. Add Wrestling TWT on Twitter and on Instagram and the YouTube page as well, YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I will talk to you next time. Another edition 
of Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday, wherever you download your podcast. Thanks so much for supporting the show. Talk to you soon.